Welcome to the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks podcast on the web footosphere. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Quack 12 Podcast or visit our website, quack12podcast.com. If you like what you hear, please leave us five stars on your listening device. And if you'd like to support the show, please visit the Quack 12 Patreon page, where for a measly $5 a month, you can become an official quacky and unlock hundreds of hours of Oregon Duck content. On to the show. Quack. 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 12 and... Oh! I am your host, Adam Shameo. I'm Aaron Schroeder. And this is the Quack 12 Podcast, the most official, unofficial, Oregon Ducks sporting podcast on the web, Footosphere. And Aaron, I've been watching basketball left, right, up, down. No matter how you want to cover it, I'm ready for it. Up and down the court, hey? Mm-hmm. Left and right of the court, I didn't too. I nothing again, although it didn't oh, look like right. there was <clears throat> that mean to see. I do know the outcome of the men's game. That's good. And I know that the next games don't happen until February, which is tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they got a little bit of a break. Um, men's Couple team. Break. Well, well, we'll get it. Yeah, good point. <laughs> Especially with this men's team finally healthy, we don't want to. We don't want anything else going on. Uh, before we get into that, we got a little bit of quacking news. But um, first of all, how are you, Aaron? How you doing, buddy? Fucking brother, I'm uh, I'm amazing. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, yes, I am. You are. Um, getting into. Some how are news. you? <laughs> I'm doing good. Okay, never great. better. Never better. You know how they always, supposedly that expression like, these are the best years of your life. They always say that like when someone's in their teens or like early college, that's depressing as hell, man. If you peaked that early, that's depressing. Unless you were really impressive high school or college kid, you know. Well, I think in the cliched way you might be right. But also I feel like people who use that term... Mm-hmm. Or people who tell that to other people, they uh, they probably have a huge regret <laughs> that yeah, they, they are themselves speak fully. Yeah. Ag- yeah, they're not you know allowing it to pass. <laughs> yeah, they, though, that's some high school football stars right there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's uh, <laughs> Uncle what's his name from Napoleon Dynamite. Yeah, yeah, Uncle Rico. There you go. Uncle Rico. All right. Um, cool. <laughs> we caught up. Next. <laughs> First of all, I love this. You got to love this. There's nothing better. There's no better commit than a commit that recently decommitted from the Huskies and commits to us. That's wow. number one in my heart. And especially, I mean, you remember the years of Kayvon Thibodeau as a duck. That, I mean, arguably... It's QB and it's the edge rusher uh-huh. that can just change your team. If you're looking at like one person changing a whole football team, a lot of times those are the two positions. For 2024, we have edge rusher Jackson Jones. That's Jackson with an X and an S, which I think is it's almost like yeah, you got to hold the S a little harder. Jackson, you know what I mean? I don't know. Jackson Jones Wait. commits to Oregon. It's, it's J-A-S? A- well, it's a J-A-X. It already has like an S Jax. sound. S-O-N. I see. Jack. Jax is a cool name. Jax is infinitely cooler than Jack. Correct. But I think that's Good. also because of Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat! P.S. Since uh, this is kind of a light on content episode <laughs> outside of Quaxitball... Did you ever hear? There's a very funny soundtrack I was listening to yesterday. Actually, it's not a soundtrack. I'm, I'm actually wording it wrong. It's I'm talking about the original Mortal Kombat movie. Sure. There's an album yep. that is like Mortal Kombat, and it has the Mortal Kombat theme song, which we all know is a banger. 
but yeah. it also has like the name of this of the album is like Mortal Kombat. Music inspired by the film Mortal Kombat. So, so it's, it's music not even the soundtrack. It. it didn't make the movie. It didn't make the cut. But it's got like 20 songs on this freaking album. And they're all those really early like rave kind of like everything is like. Like, you know, like kind of the themes, like the style. That's what you need. And my favorite one. I believe it's called. Uh, it's either Sub Zero or Ancient Chinese Warrior, <laughs> and that's a really good one. It goes, "Oh, Chinese Ninja Warrior, with your heart so cold, Sub Zero, your like life is a mystery." It's good. Wow, does it have a big reverb that. on the vocal? Yeah, it's pretty airy, and like all these songs usually have. One verse, it's a really yeah. interesting structure. One verse, and then something you shout over and over and over, like the same phrase as the techno is just like droning on. Like, sure. It's good. Like, so really, like, it's probably got like a chorus. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's a chorus. There's one right. verse that you say one time, and then right. it's like basically a chorus that you do 20 times, and then the song's over. Good structure. I think you should consider bringing that back to Pierce Steers. Maybe I will. Okay. All right. Uh, anyways, what the <laughs> hell are we talking about? That's right. Edge rusher Jackson Jones committed for 2024. That's a that's an awesome one. I'm very excited about that. I mean, we should also just very quickly, you know, say that the name in total, Jackson Jones, mm-hmm. is fucking awesome. It. Sounds like he should be some kind of comic book superhero type deal. It sounds like a black exploitation character that like solves there you go. a lot sure. of crimes. Nineteen seventies beat copped turned rogue assassin mm-hmm. after his family was murdered over a cocaine deal. Holy shit, hold on, I'm writing this down. Cocaine deal. Okay. I only got the last two words, but I think I'll remember. Um <laughs> Right. Justin Herbert, recovering from surgery. That is right. Uh, basically, just a surgery that he needed after a rough freaking year of NFL play in which he's trying to carry a whole team on his freaking back. Um, he repaired his labrum, as we all, we all know what that is. We all know. Yeah. I don't need to go deeper into that. Nope. Um, he had a torn labrum, fractured ribs, and week two, I remember that game was freaking brutal. So power to you. Go go to Barbados or whatever. NFL QBs go in the offseason. Go have fun. Don't do anything too crazy, Herbert. It's wild to think. Golly. It is just wild to think that that is a part of your everyday life as a football I, player. Professional is that you just go in for surgery. I was thinking that too. And in like it's even crazy like NFL at least it's like, you know, well hopefully, well you got that paycheck, you're going to the next one, top of the line medical staff hopefully. Um but in college it's even more bonkers and they're doing it just the same where it's how many wow. off-season surgeries you're having to play this game. It is something that you really got to keep in mind when we're like Ah, fuck this 19-year-old for dropping a pass. It's like, dude, this game is, is, there, is brutal. Is there a program where professional athletes go to high schools to talk to the kids there about, like, the real-world realities of what to be expecting when you start going down this path? Because, like... It's in high school that you need to make them realize, look, at here's the realities of what you might be wishing on. Yeah, it's called Quack 12 Scared Straight. We haven't gotten any <laughs> NFL players involved you yet. You can find it on our Patreon. We go around Patreon. the entire nation scaring high school kids into financial debt. Yeah. Gonna never try to get in the NFL. Stay away from college, kids. That's basically Look, what we do. at best, you're going to make half a million a year. You're going to spend half of that on your surgeries, and then the <laughs> other half is going to go to two divorces and five payments of 
child care every goddamn Two cases of manslaughter. Alcohol problem, and you're hitting dibzapim like it's popping corn. Down by the river. Yes, down by the river. Is that that's who we're looking for, right? Like Matt yeah, Foley. That is that's who we need. Uh, uh former duck defensive tackle Keanu Williams. Great name. I've always loved it. However, he commits to transfer to UCLA. It'd be nice to have him, but uh D line is actually something that we're doing pretty well on. You can see why he left, um, why going to school like UCLA would be pretty dang fun. Good academically, and not only that, but he's in more need there. You, you know, he's going to get more playing time there. So, yeah, power to you, power to you. Wait a second. Now, I thought at the end of the season, one of the things that we had surmised was that was that our def- defense was somewhat lacking. Yeah, so that's not I, a line in- problem. Is that a secondary thing? You know, I think there there's definitely individual games where I'm sure they would have, you know, they weren't playing up to snuff. But typically, I feel like we weren't seeing as many, like, you know, big runs through the middle or O-lines dominating us. It was, like a lot of people have said over the year, it was a lot more a case of the QB has, the opposing QB has too much time mm-hmm. because we're not getting to him. We don't have a cave on Thibodeau. Or even two thirds of a Thibodeau, which I makes see. it harder for the secondary, who's already having a hard time. That's the way right. I look at it overall. Gotcha. Totally yeah. clarified that. Goddamn, perfect. Good job. Mm. Now then, so then that's great news then that we're getting this new kid mm-hmm. because he'll bring back maybe what Thibodeau was able to bring. You hope so. He's not Pressure. here till the 2024 season, but we still hopefully have a, a few more edge rushers coming in for 2023 that I'm excited about. Oh, that I, I hope okay, I'm great. excited about. A couple of transfers. Um, four-star point guard, Dell Jones, talks Oregon offer. That's all, that's all I got on that one. I got this one, though, and I like it. I think you'll like this. Okay. 2025 QB, Achilles Smith Jr., Who's had a, a, a crazy season overall? Twenty twenty five. Yeah, twenty twenty five. We're talking now. We wouldn't be talking about him if he wasn't the son of Achilles Smith, the you know prolific Oregon Duck. Uh, prolific, maybe the wrong word, but like the the very good Oregon Duck QB who had a not so good NFL career. Um, he played 97 and 98 season for the Ducks, threw okay. for 45 touchdowns in his two seasons, like a big part of building up the offensive legacy of the Ducks in football. Right. Uh, his And he's also been a QB coach over the years. Um, his son, who is not yet, you know, rated, which probably, I don't think he's lighting the world on fire, but he does have... Good offers. I saw like Miami, Arizona, I think a couple other, uh, Michigan. Those are good offers to get. Um, and we've offered him for 2025. Can you know, I? I'm not, yeah. Okay. So he's got no real known prowess, but yet we're. Can we just bring up the weird fact that? Genetics just seem to play a role in decision making. Absolutely, like nepotism, when it comes to who you saying? pick to play. Uh, nepotism think... is a, is a thing. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I I wonder in this case because it's like you think Dad's paying for this. No, I don't think he's paying for it. But I'm wondering because it's like I wouldn't assume Dan Lanning's the kind that's like. Oh, I gotta satisfy the boosters. Oh, offering this former yeah. QB son. No, he I, I don't like think that he, kind. he must see something he likes in him, and he and, and and in addition to that, he's probably like, and his dad is a legacy here, so we probably got a better shot at getting him here or something like that. But uh, you know, May, he's you not, know what? Yeah, maybe it was like, maybe he just threw in his cards because he's like, we've got the family legacy. I don't even know any dick for shit about this kid, but I'm going to... Why not? Just to ruffle up some feathers, because I, that's kind of more who Dan Lanning is, I think. I definitely He's the kind of guy that shows up, up to your party with, a, with, like, poker chips ready to take your money. <laughs> 
For me, it would be dice, but I get exactly what you mean. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah that's a, a, I love him. He's he's a rabble rouser. Yeah, that. he's a rabble rouser. <laughs> Other than that, I don't really have any more information for you, Aaron. So uh, I believe that means we need to get into uh, a segment. A segment. Well, wait a second. Let me just make sure that I don't need to review anything we've said to make sure I understand it. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Let's get on to the next segment. Quacksable. It's Quacksable, y'all. Um, the men and the women team. The men and the women's teams have played. Uh, it, it was it was something. Aaron, I'm gonna let you choose. Shot they played in the dark. Each one game. Uh, no, they each played two games actually. Oh since wow! We've I saw. Last okay. Talked. Yeah, since we've last talked, who do you want to go to? I'm gonna let you choose. Uh, well, I know the men's won their last game, so let's start there. Okay, men's now. Overall, I've been more optimistic with the women than the men's, especially because with the men's, yeah. I mean, there was a lot of injury, and that is something that can easily explain a lot of the woes. Mm -hmm. But there was also a lot of starters not quite playing up to snuff. Now, with the return of more and more guards, healthy guards, mainly Kuznard, you know, um, mainly Kuznard is the one, but also Keyshawn Bartholomew. Um, both of them have returning to the lineup have significantly helped the Ducks, have significantly helped Will Richardson too, play an off ball, as they keep saying during these games. Has definitely helped him. And all of a sudden, I don't know, we got we got we got a sweep. We got our first sweep. I do believe they said this, which is bonkers. I mean I'm looking through it right now and I can't prove them wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I can't prove them wrong. We did get a sweep. Nope, nope, In conference play though. <laughs> In conference play, this is our first sweep of the season in which we didn't drop at least one of the games. And against pretty good competition. Colorado, they they really sw- just beat the crap out of us in Boulder earlier this season. As they do, we've only won there once in the Altman era. That's just wow. we lose in Boulder. Unbelievable. But when they came to Eugene... We kick their butts. I gotta say, we kick their freaking butts. Seventy-five to sixty-nine. Uh, attendance was still not great. About sixty-nine. 5, I thought it was sixty-eight. No, I got sixty-nine right here. All right. <laughs> nice. Um, and it was a butt kicking. I mean, in the first half, we were up thirty-two to twenty-six, and then we pulled away with a forty. Well, both both teams scored forty-three in the second half. But obviously that was enough for Oregon to win it all. This was also a huge growing moment for the Ducks here because... Oh, shit. N. Folly Dante, right before the game starts, is ruled out, which is scary for someone who... This season he's been basically healthy all year. But overall in his career... He's had a lot of injuries that have sidelined him for huge stretches or, you know, the rest of the season even. Yeah. It was nice that, well, he was out right because of pregame warm-ups. Something happened with his, it looked like his knee because it was iced. And he was ruled out, which means Nate Biddle, our other seven-footer, really had to step it up. Now, I think we should point out that. Biddle is. Mm Mm-hmm. I'll say this. Biddle's name yeah. sticks out whenever I've watched games. He's good. I mean, he's seven good. footers, you want him to stick out. He, he's he got what it what it takes. And he's from Central Point, so you know I like him. Um, he, I mean, he's got great size, obviously. And in this game, we really needed him to step up. Him and Khalil Ware, who has been receiving less and less minutes. I'll, I'll get into that in a little bit. Yeah, I'm but, intrigued because he's good. He's real anyway. good, yeah. Absolutely. He's our second high Kalel Ware is our second highest rated recruit of all time for basketball, duck basketball. So Buck. But Nate Nate Biddle was the person who we turned to more in this game. And he did great. He did absolutely great. Uh most important player of the match, I would say. Eleven points, 
13 rebounds, yes, and four blocks. Though Altman was sure to point out that he affected more shots than just the four blocks. You know, he was a towering terror. And what Utah wants to do... Oh, sorry, this is Colorado. <laughs> Let's not talk about Utah, shall we? Um, but anyways, yeah, he was just affecting shots really well out there. Five of nine from the floor. Um, also, it was really nice to see that after being benched for a while, Quincy Garrier goes out there and has a great game. 16 points, 2 of 3 from 3-point land, 6 rebounds, 6 of 11 from the floor. Was a huge wow. part of this victory. Um, not only that, but also Keyshawn Bartholomew against his old school. Because remember, he transferred over. Uh, he joins his friend there and 13 points. 13 points in 28 minutes of play from Bartholomew from off the bench. And uh, overall, just a really, really deserved and much-needed win for the Ducks here. I'll say this. Uh, there was a 9-0. Because the Ducks didn't trail after they got a 25-22 lead. But the Buffs went on a 9-0 run. They cut the lead to 57-55. So there was a moment there where it was like, oh no, yeah. But um, and then they cut it to sixty three to sixty two. So we didn't exactly run away with this thing, but in the end, it was just you know like uh, in credit to Will Richardson too, who who really orchestrated a good game. Did he and got the victory? I would say so. He he wasn't bad. He wasn't okay. Bad. Yeah. Okay. Um. You know. And again, he's he's not tough someone... position to be in. Yeah, he's not someone that you want to be the offensive leader, per se. Like, it'd be nice if he was hitting some more open threes. Uh, he was 0-3 from three-point land. <laughs> like, he was 2-8 and eight overall. He wasn't wasn't a great game from him, but yeah. I, overall I was happy with this play. Oh, God. I hope that uh, there's so much to unpack with that situation that I feel like. We should just ignore it for now. <laughs> I just feel bad for him. You know, you know, you know, you know. His head's gotta gotta be. Feeling. Yeah. Well, every victory helps, man. Every victory right. helps. You, That's right. You don't you don't have to carry this team. There's so much talent. You're not. You know. You, you don't. Right. Need, the more assists I see from him, the happier I am. Um. That's that's really needs to be his forte right now. Yeah. Now against the Utes, the running Utes, as they say, they play old man basketball. By that, by what I mean that there is, is they that got a Gene great Hackman big. Gene Hackman is their coach. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, honestly, it kind of feels that way. Uh, Brandon Carlson is their big man, and everything is built around him. It really is. Like he is their number one offensive weapon. He's their number one defensive weapon. Big, tall, athletic player can run down the court real quick. Uh, it, it's just they built the whole thing on Brandon Carlson, which is a good sign that we limited him to 13 points because mm. that's his bag. He was get this. This is really the winning stat here: two of 14 from the floor because he was hitting. He had nine of 10 free throws. That's how mainly he scored. Two wow. of 14. And 0 of 6 from three-point range for the big man. That was the stat of the game for us. Because limiting him, and the way we were limiting him, the second he got the ball in the paint, we had two ducks on him. Right. And, like, especially if he was put, once he got the ball in the ground, you know, once he was trying to dribble into, like, a better position, that's when we were swarming. Once he was actually, you know, putting the ball on the court. Yeah. And that's they, the way you got to treat him. Yeah. They probably. I wonder if we did the math and were like, we can afford this many fouls against him to keep him to only ever being able to get up to two points, mm -hmm. so that we keep him away from making that additional point with every shot. For real, for real. And then they're I, like, I, and I, through I, that we can subtract like you know twelve points off the board, mm -hmm. maybe. And if you if you neutralize him 
It's, right. I mean, it's the best game plan. You'll live with the results do you, after that. Do, oh, this is a stupid question. Hey. That is, is a tactic that I have to yeah. assume coaches use, right? Like, we would prefer the foul and them getting a shot at the bucket at the line over mm-hmm. them making a three-pointer on the field. You're talking, I mean, you're talking about maybe not a three-pointer, but I'll tell you this, um, you're talking about the hack-a-shack strategy, baby. Especially when ah. you got a big man. Usually it's more like, I mean, it's the same concept, but for the hack-a-shack, it was always like he was terrible at the free-throw line and right. ridiculously dominant close to the hoop. Uh-huh. So you foul him hard, make sure he does not get the hoop no matter what. No and ones. So right. you send him to the free throw line because he's he may be missing both of those. Right. Um, Carlson's he's a better shooter than that, but I do think the idea was absolutely to be like like mug that dude. Do not give him an easy <laughs> shot. Well, he kind of have not to. Dirty. Right? He was the first of his kind. Yeah. Oh yeah. Fuck, he I might mean, be the only of his kind to have played. Yeah, he's game. that's a dying breed nowadays. Just it really is. That can't shoot a three. That yeah. No, absolutely. I love him though. I love him for it. I also love this Jermaine Kuznard, who all while he was injured, Altman was saying like he was going to be my starter. Like this is this is hurting us more than you think. Um, this kind of proved it too. 18 points, 7 of 14, always has such a good motor on him. He was 2 of 7 from 3-point range. Hitting a few more of those would have really opened this game wide open. Yeah. But um, instead, it was our defense we relied on because we held Utah scoreless for a 10-minute stretch in the first half and a 9-minute stretch in the second half. Wow. And that that was it for us. Which our defense has been pretty dang good all year. It's yep. it's our offense that's been the problem. Yep. And so we I'm do everything right it. until it goes into the air. Yeah, no <laughs> joke. And I especially if you're a team that is reliant on a big man, we got three big men. Dante, Biddle, and Ware are all pretty effective. Though this is a good time to bring up for Ware. Okay. Right. Worse for wear is should be the name of the article I'm not going to write. Because Dana Ullman did say something pretty interesting here, I thought. Because we had nine Ducks who played nine minutes, and five of them scored nine points, funny enough. If you if you flip those three nines around, though, it's 666, so we got to watch yep. out for that. But anyways, so we had nine. We, you know, we were going deep, and that is a strength of this team is our depth. Um, that being said, Kalel Ware did not play in this game at Good. all. And it and it was not due to injury. It is because Dana Allman was like he he came out and said this. He's like, I'm not very happy with this play. Like he is physically one of the most talented full stop players on this team. Like people were predicting him to be a one and done. He he's got the physical skills to do that. It was just Dana Allman was saying I didn't like his like energy level. I didn't like the way he was playing, and so I didn't. He's not on the team, and I like that or not. He's still on the team, but he's right. not on the court, right? You know, and I like that Dana like Dana Altman does not. He'll well, bench you. I like yeah, it. that reminds me of like a. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie Blue Chips, mm, but it's no. definitely got that kind of a vibe to it. Maybe for the Patreon, also starring Shaquille O'Neal. Um. Uh, yep. I, I probably guess I agree. But also, conspiracy corner things, as we know, with the nine 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 six six six, do not always appear as they seem. And so, what Dana Altman says and what Dana Altman is doing. Are reverse, and so it's actually that he's lying, and he's holding him on the bench so that he can be healthy for a three-game stretch when it's closer to important time to getting into the big dance. Are you saying Dana's the d- 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 devil? I'm saying <laughs> that Dana is the devil. Oh, 
they're good. I'm fine with it. No, but what if he's just bullshitting and he's actually just resting him so that he'll be good to go when stronger games are needed? Because as you I said, like the that idea. play old man basketball. I like that idea. Um, and they want to know would... why. And so he's like, I'll bullshit you because I'm in a good mood because we're winning. <laughs> I like this. And here's some here's some Will Richardson in the pro, qual- uh, pro column, okay? Okay, great. Um, not professional. I'm just saying, you know, pro player. <laughs> like, here's Will good Richard- things about him. Good things about my man, Will. Um, Will Richardson, well, he was 5 of 15 from the floor, 2 of 6 from 3. Not great. But he actually did uh, play his butt off, did well, got 7 assists. That's what you want to see. Again, 12 points, not bad. Um, more importantly, so it was... I saw this a couple of times back in the day. Uh, well, mainly with Dylan Brooks against Duke. I remember this. Will Richardson, he's dribbling. He's trying to dribble it out. It's late in the game. It's like the last minute. And, like, the clock is winding down. And so he's like, I'm not going to. I'm going to be a good sport. But I'm not just going to dribble it until the play clock goes down. And so uh, shot clock. Sorry, I'm not Tony Romo, y'all. And, um, and so the shot clock's going down. And so he just like, okay, I'm just going to chuck this up. Drains that three. And uh, it's like, okay, well, why can't you do this with the games online? Anyways. Hey, podcast listener. Hey, Come you. over here. Come yeah. over here. Get over here, yeah. punk. Nice headphones you got in here. Oh, yeah, I like those, Chevy. Be a shame if something were to happen to those headphones, eh? Stomped them on the ground, eh? Be real easy to avoid that smashing if you went over to the Quack12 Twitter account and gave us a little follow. Just a little follow, that's all we're asking. And hey, look at that. I hear you listening to your new podcast apps in your car, huh? Driving home, making the long journey feel a little shorter, eh? Is that what he's doing there, bud? (laughs) Yeah, turning your three-hour drive into a nice little vacation, huh? Be a shame if your car ended up on the bottom of a lake. Splash. Splash maybe with you in the trunk of it, huh? Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. Maybe all that can be avoided with a little trip to the quack. 12 page on Apple Podcasts. All you got to do is go to Apple Podcasts, Quack 12, give us internet. five stars. Yeah, the internet. You got it, bud. Five stars. Leave us a little comment. Help other people find it. Maybe it'll help people find you when they find out that you're gone missing. If you catch my drift. You seen the posters on the telephone poles? Yeah, those are those are people that didn't give us fucking five stars. Some of them did, and we did it anyways. And then uh, you know, uh, oh hey, hey look at look at this podcast listener on their long inner inner uh, continental flight, making things not so bad. Not wanting to hear that baby by covering it up. Wah wah, so they say, putting on them headphones. Trying to get the sky waitress's attention. Get over here. Give me more of that Quack 12 podcast. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Why don't you? Yeah, you want some more of that Quack 12 podcast, don't you? Yeah. You want to buy some more from us, don't you? Get it. Otherwise, get you know, because if you don't buy this Quack 12 podcast insurance, you never know when your plane's going to go straight down into the water, into the old Atlantic, Blash. never to be seen again. Glug, glug, guzzle, guzzle. In case you don't want to be th- part of the rock and roller club of the bottom of the fucking ocean, then I recommend you go to the Quack 12 Patreon. Come on, come on. Why don't you go to the Quack 12 Patreon, give us five smackaroos, and for that we can forget about the whole nasty business have you on your way. Forget about it. We'll forget about it, all right? Five measly dollars. That's all I got. Now listen up, punk. Because it looks like you're not seeing so good right now. My boss is talking to you, chump. Aren't you, chump? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. All right, let him, let him go, Mikey. Let him go. In the bottom of the fucking ocean. Ayo!
quack, quack. You know what Will it is? Will Richardson. What's that? All of our nerds will be able to relate to this. Mm, if nerds. basketball were D&D, mm. Will Richardson is like the mage. He's the dude. Mm. He's not doing a lot of battling, but sometimes caught off his guard, he needs to zap a motherfucker real quick. Yeah. Otherwise, he's like dishing out all the stuff to make sure all the other you know, people in the party are able to forge up the mountain, as it were. Dude, you nailed it. And Foley Dante's our tank. He's in there, just taking the, you know, whatever you want to call him, barbarian. He's our tank. Um, Jermaine Kuznard. I would put him in the rogue spot, maybe. <laughs> maybe, maybe Paladin. Maybe oh, Paladin, because yeah, sure. he's supposed to be the leader. Um, I'm actually going to put Keyshawn Bartholomew as... I'll say rogue because he transferred here from a Pac-12 school, and that seems like a rogue move. Mm-hmm. And then uh, who else? Who else am I going to add to the official party? As well, Quincy Garrier has got to be in there, and I'm going to say he is a bard because sometimes he's just so damn smooth, and when everything's working well. He's and he and he's kind of also like you know helping from a distance too because he's one of our yep. best three point shooters. So I'll say that. There you go. Nailed mm-hmm. it. That's it. Will Richardson. This is what we want to see. We definitely want him breaking this record. Two assists behind Jonathan Lloyd, who is Jonathan Lloyd is sixth all time for the Ducks in assists, um, and Will Richardson is only two behind him with four hundred and fifty six career assists. So wow. let's get that number up, 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 my man. So overall, yeah, it's for, like yeah. it's like motherfucker knows the playbook back to front, so he can guide yeah. everything. Mm-hmm. And I just don't make him be the playmaker every time. Exactly. Like, don't put him in the front line. Yeah, you yeah. get it. Perfect. Um, now the the Pac-12 men's standings are are competitive. That's the nice thing because we got well UCLA is still the front runner. Though they did just come off of a loss to USC, which is good for us. Uh, UCLA is eight and two, and I'll just say conference records. Um, eight and two in conference play, number nine in the country. Arizona is eight and three in conference play, uh, number five in the country. USC behind them with seven and three record, and then Utah has an eight four right above us, which is seven four. So they're above us only because we swept them. They're ahead of us only because they've played more conference games. Um, the, what this sets up for, which is very exciting, is that Ducks men's basketball, we're about to go down to the desert, and we're about to play two Arizona schools. Arizona State had a real hot start, but have since. I think they just dropped two games, actually, in a row to the Washington schools. Arizona, still very, very hot. Tommy Lloyd has got them doing great. But if you remember, we did beat Arizona in Eugene this year when we were still having troubles. Right. And it was because their team very much built around their big men, you know, their best players to Bellis, I would say. And, like... I'm. I don't know if we were to beat them. I'll tell you this: our our schedule coming up, uh, we have to go to McHale Center, play number five Arizona. That will be a huge game. That is on ESPN this Thursday. Um, a victory there is is kind of needed for us to make the tournament, the big dance, without you know winning the Pac-12 tournament. It's well, gonna be a. It's a big one. I mean, it's not mandatory. But it's going to go a huge way. And we're right. kind of in desperation mode now. Then it's Arizona State. And then we have both L.A. schools, starting with USC, then UCLA. Those are at home, I do believe. Now, if we were to win our next four games, suddenly the Pac-12 is open for us. Like, we are actually competitive for getting the top spot we would have to like still go on a a big old basically finish strong our our last four games um but we got potential knock on wood we're fully healthy 
We're very talented. See what happens. I'm for it. I'm for it too. I'm for making a freaking tournament. Maybe. Maybe it's those California games, those LA Sunshine games that we're um, holding wear out to be ready for. Mm. As we maybe build, it's you know, it's like we're we got him in the lab. We're just we got to tweak his rocket settings a little bit, and then when he comes out, kaboom! <laughs> I hope you're right. And Dane is just going to talk shit about him. Yeah, just to really set up the scene. Yeah, exactly. Right, friend. So that he comes out looking like just like hot fucking fire. Dana Altman basically gave him the this kid is so good he knows he's good and that gets in the way of things hard. That whenever he comes out and looks like fucking dynamite, every you know NBA team is going to be like. I'll take him. Yeah. Well, you got this Dana Altman bump, baby. <laughs> yeah, maybe, or maybe you just like threw some shit on him just so he's like won't go to the NBA next year and he'll come back, um, <sighs> limiting his minutes just for that. For, he isn't. Well, the other thing is, it's just like it's just in this position where we also have Infoli Dante and Nate Biddle and Luke Were, who had a great were game. or where. There's Kalel Ware, and then there's yes. Luke Wer. Right. Yeah, I know. It I is, like this stuff. Luke Wer though. He was on the yeah. court a few times, games I saw a bit back, and he's good. Yeah. So he, I don't think he had any points. I kind of forget. But Dana Altman kept saying in like the twelve minutes or something that he played, like it was a huge part in that defensive, like. Uh, kind of like power hour for us mm -hmm. against Utah when we were just shutting them down. He was a huge part of that, especially his size and like and again he's probably like amping up were just to to like prod wear a little bit. Maybe know? he's a good Shuffling coach. Shuffling the names around. He's a good coach. Now Aaron, I'm a bit mad at Graves again. All right. Maybe it's the only reason why I'm mad at Graves is because I want Will us you? to be the greatest women's basketball team in the world and i don't think we are right will you help me remember am i do i get upset with him too sometimes you do you get well you're more upset with him than not but it's usually because of his calm demeanor on the side on the yeah court. i feel like i've mentioned that i want him to be fired maybe once now <laughs> i don't remember if i've gone that far i i was basically on the like mm, let, like let's heat up his seat yeah, uh, kind of for a while, and then this season started, and I was all like, "Okay, maybe I got to give him more credit." And I still think things are better off than the the previous two seasons. Um, but I'm still struggling to believe that Kelly Graves will ever get this program to a powerhouse level. To a Stanford or South Carolina or a UConn or Baylor, purely just because it's like, I don't know, we're getting elite talent, we're just missing out on a few key parts, and we're falling short over and over. What are like the key results parts? wise? I think it'd be well. I'll tell you this: we are missing Sedona Prince. Sedona Prince would be helping us out quite a bit to have just a sure. A uh, very confident, experienced post player like that. Filipina Che is great, but you can see, like, offensively, she still is working on a few key shots uh, and more confidence. So I don't want to put it all on Filipina Che or something like that because also right. there are moments when our guards, our elite guards, just are missing shots, just aren't doing what they need to be doing. Um, well, let's get into this first game here. Which is a victory. That's good to hear. However, if I'm being real, it was it was an unsatisfying one. Because it was against Cal. The Cal Golden Bears. Now, the Cal Golden Bears, before we played them, yeah, that's right. They were 10-10, uh, 1-8 in conference play. The only team they are better than 
is Arizona State, who is having a, a terrible time with injury and illness and just rebuilding the program, basically. Uh, Arizona State is winless in Pac-12 play. That is the only team worse than Cal. Cal is not good, again, 2-8, and eight, and they took us down to the wire. Now, I'm just going to say right now, sure, praise Cal. They played a good game. They really went for it all. They're very hungry. They should be proud of themselves. But that's all I'm done. I'm done talking praise about Cal. We should not be going toe-to-toe with the freaking Golden Bears. Like, not with a fully healthy team. I know we're thin, but, like, Mm -hmm. god damn. Um, Like, at half, it was 35-33. to Late in the game, it was still absolutely a a uh, like close competitive match. I'll tell you this: we won this game, but Cal was actually the first to sixty nine points. Really, very rare. But yeah, Cal was first sixty nine, and we did, you know, like tighten when they up sixty nine. What were we at sixty seven? I want to say like 68 or something. It was very close. I don't know off the top of my head, but I did note that. (laughs) I did note that. Um, All five Good to be noted. Good to be noted. Good to be noted. Hey, good to be seen. Voss, if you're listening, note that one. Note that one, Voss. Um, And we'll never have you on the show again (laughs) because you were wrong. Five starters for the Ducks, all scored in double digits. So that is what you want to see, at least. 20 points for Van Sluten really came back into form after having a tough time last week. 18 points uh, from India Rogers. India Rogers. Tahina Pow Pow, 13 points. Chance Gray, who I love. I freaking love. 12 points. And Filipina Che got 11 points, 8 rebounds. Also, I should say Van Sluten got 9 rebounds. Now, Chance Gray, I think, had an interesting game. Because from the floor, she actually was pretty off. She was one of seven. And 0 of 4 from three-point range. She actually is, I would say, our best three-point shooter. So that was a pretty bad night for her. But this should also be noted. Chance Gray is the first freshman for the Ducks to have to be perfect from the free throw line in a game while shooting over nine free throws. Because she was a perfect 10 of 10. And obviously in a game like this, which only, you know, came down to five point differential like that, those are very crucial free throws. You know, you miss like two of those and all of a sudden it's a one score game. Um, So that was actually pretty cool. Not only that, but at the end of this game, this was 32 consecutive free throws from her. Uh, Pretty badass, I got to say. So that's very fun. There was 30 lead changes in this game. 12 ties in this game. It was just back and forth, back and forth. Very wow. competitive. Um, there were, and this is, I don't, I don't want to say this is like a regular problem for the Ducks. It was certainly a problem this week, I'll tell you, which is there were no made three-pointers for the Ducks in the second or the third quarter. That's why this is such a close game. And overall, they were 3 of 19 from three-point range, only 15%. Not good. Not good. Uh, yeah, I got to say, it, it was a win, but not fun. And, and, and this, is, this is on the road in front of 1,000 fans. Like, okay. this is not a hostile, crazy environment. This is a right. game we should be winning by more. So... In regards to Coach Graves, mm-hmm. and remember, this is a real human we're talking about. Mm-hmm. What is the answer that you would suggest? Because it sounds um, like he's at the level in which is either needs to hold who's accountable, truly accountable, or is accountable himself. If we've got the talent correct. Mm-hmm. Is it an administrative situation? I would, no, I mean, I would say I'm still very much in favor, especially in something like women's basketball where you can have more time to develop players and just to develop systems and just, you know, a little less pressure than, say, college football. 
Um, I I like sticking with a coach, you know, for for a while, for a good till you can really see how trends are going. Well, it's now, been a while, I, right? I mean, the last two years, but like, I'm not going to judge the dude's career by the COVID seasons. Shit, you know, you know, you're right. I always forget about that. Yeah. That being said, if in the next, if we count this season and the next two seasons, if they are not even compare, if they're not in the top three of the Pac-12, and if they aren't getting to let's say sweet 16s then i think we really need to really well like like i personally would be like i don't know i think we should move on this is we should be a better team than this i want to be the absolute best in women's basketball which is really hard to do but i if that's kind of where my line is for the next two three seasons well unless they're just terrible it seems like maybe the deciding point should be when the L.A. schools leave. Because if yeah, everything's getting true. disrupted at that point anyways, mm-hmm. why not just throw one extra log on the fire and be like, all right, what are we going to do about this coach? Yeah, you just kind of blindsided me there because I was just like, oh, yeah, UCLA and, and USC won't be playing women's basketball with this. Right. The fuck. No, it makes way more sense that they go to Minnesota to play. Oh, yeah, it makes a lot more sense. Um, <laughs> yeah, so th- that scares me, obviously. Uh, to end on a little high note before we get into a bummer, this is the fifth 20-point game for Van Sluten, who's been an absolute sensation. So there you go. Great freshman, absolutely. I believe got freshman Love of the it. week again this year. Very now, first women game I watched this season I noticed that she was, like, always showing up when she was on the court. And I was like, she's cool. Yeah. No, she is. I'm excited. To see. Like, she would be someone who, if she is transferring next year, like, you know, isn't on our squad next season, I'm like, fuck this. Get, like, let's get someone else. Let's get, I mean, coach. Like, let's get a new coach. If if we're oh, losing. Oh, so you would go ahead and pull the trigger. If uh, or we had transfers, if I was an AD and actually like you know my like having to do the work, having to find a new coach, having to do yeah, maybe I wouldn't then. But as a podcaster who's a fan of this team, yeah, if we lose Van Sluten and or another promising underclass, uh, you know, underclassman like a like Chance Gray. If those two were to transfer, I'd be like, something's wrong in the kitchen. Fuck this. Get someone else. Go make a run at a coach that we know can get us back there without Sabrina Ionescu. That's right. what's going to come down to me. Because Kelly Graves will be okay. He'll have another job somewhere else. Yeah, I don't I don't give a shit if a millionaire is out of a job. He's going to get another job. Like, yeah, Is he whatever. a millionaire? I would imagine so. If he if he did it if he played his cards right he, he should have at least one million dollars in the bank. I hope he's made some sound investments because <laughs> it yeah. sounds like you're ready to can him, but I you're mean, also willing any... to give him the time. Yeah, no, I want to give him the time. Depending in the result, like if we don't make the right. tournament next year, I'll be like, nope, right, reset, done, <laughs> right. But if uh, we yeah. do indeed turn into the massive car explosion from a Jerry Bruckheimer film that we predict mm-hmm. we might, then you'll mm-hmm. pull the plug. Oh, sure. I want to be good. I right. want to be good. Uh, let's get into Stanford here. We don't got to dwell on this too long because this is an Oregon Ducks podcast and we're fans of the team. So I don't... <laughs> Stanford is one of the best teams, if not possibly the best team in the country. You know, they won the goddamn. This is women's basketball. Okay. Um, This and they they won the freaking goddamn championship last season. They're returning most of that talent. They are one of the best teams. So even if we lost, which I assumed we would, because this is on the farm, this is against Stanford, even when UNESCO was on the team, we always had trouble beating Stanford just because their style of play. Uh, they are a defensive juggernaut, absolutely the best defensive team in the pack, uh, probably the best defensive team in the nation, uh, and 
they they bullied us around specifically in the first quarter is is what you can really circle in doom uh doomed us because we were down 14 to 7 that is our lowest output offensively in a quarter all season wow and the 54 points that we scored in this game is our lowest point total of the season. Uh, you can put that basically mostly all on Stanford. However, we were also missing shots that we shouldn't have been. There, there were there were some opportunities to actually make this a pretty close game. Just we we weren't coming in the clutch. Uh, we shot 25 percent. 25% from mm. the floor. We only hit a quarter of our goddamn shots. Not well, only that, see now, in the first half, let me say this before you say this. Yeah. In the first half, we shot 17.7%. Now, it, that doesn't sound like a coaching problem. That sounds like a player problem. I think, I mean, in part, I agree with you, but also it's partially like, we're going against some of the we are going against the premier talent in right. women's college basketball. I mean specifically the the high it the just MVP shows of how this, far we have fallen. I yeah, and I, I think it's how far we we have to go if we're going to compete against these teams, which again, if Sedona Prince is on the court for us this season, that this whole thing could be looking different. But um Cameron Brink had an outstanding game. Great Stanford player. Can't wait mm-hmm. till she's not on that team anymore because she's amazing. Uh, same with Haley Jones. I don't like seeing her only because she destroys this team so well. Uh, ten blocks for Cameron Brink. Ten freaking blocks. That is right. I think eight of those were in the first half. So wow. really set the tone. Really affected especially Van Sluten and Filipina Che. But also, she had 16 points, 11 rebounds. That is right, a freaking triple double from her. She just and she was stoked at the end of the game. Uh, in power to her, I mean, she she deserved it. She, she deserved game ball. She was killing it. Uh, she finished. Uh, and that being said, there was signs of life from the Ducks. We finished the first half on a 9-0 run, which cut the lead to 27-21. But then we missed the first nine shots in the second half, which that was the time to cut into the lead even further. And actually, our 9-0 run could have been an even bigger run, but we were missing shots at the end of the first half. And um, we were 2 of 16 in the first half, and we only had one three-point attempt even. Wow. So we were missing, you know, bunnies, easier shots, layups. Filipina Che had a had a rough game, but actually stats rise, she she did great. She got another double double. Twelve points, seventeen rebounds. So I do want to praise her for that. Good I mean, God, that's, that's huge. Seventeen rebounds, yeah. <laughs> Against a, a team with good size. So like and again, we finished we were down by eight points in the final buzzer. But also the just the energy on the on the teams that you know that were even sitting on the bench from the Ducks, it was pretty defeated. It was we're going against a tough team, but we didn't go in there looking for blood either. It really didn't look like it was tough times. I mean, we lost against a team that we you know should have, and that if. If we had pulled out some of these wins earlier in the season, would be less of a deal, but we just haven't upset anybody, and it, and it doesn't really look like we're going to. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We are in eighth place in Pac-12 play. Wow, which is a test. Yeah, which is a testament to how good um, the Pac-12 is, but also how mediocre we've been against the best teams. And I'm just saying, if we lose against every team that either we are not favored in, you know, a team that is favored against us, or a team that beat us earlier this season, then things are looking grim for the rest of the season. There's only so many games left. Next week we go against, uh, well, this is, in, this is at Matt Knight, hope, luckily, 
So hopefully we can get crowds back in there. Because Kelly Graves has been complaining about that. But, I mean, if you want some games, there'd be more people. We all know that. In Eugene, we go against Colorado. You can't go blaming empty seats, man. You practice with zero people in there. So, um, yeah. I mean, you you almost lost to Cal, and there was 1,000 people there on the road. Like, don't know what to tell you, dude. Colorado is who we go against next. We should beat them, but nothing's nothing's for sure. Number seven, Utah, who is has a red hot offense, who is just ready, who is just thriving this year. Number seven in the country, they p- come and play us after that. So if we should, we'll probably. I'm just gonna say probable losses here. Probable loss to Utah. After that, USC. We beat them, so we'll say that we should beat them, but it's in L.A. Who who knows? UCLA, that's a probable loss. Washington State, they beat us earlier in Eugene, so probable loss. Then against Washington, who was a close game, but we should beat them. Then to close out the season, we go against Arizona. That's a probable loss. And then against Arizona State, who's the worst team in the country. Uh, sorry, in the Pac-12, so we should beat them. But that's... That means we will likely go, considering we can't beat a top team tier team, apparently, four of four, four and four, which would give us an 18 and 11 record, nine wow. and nine in conference play, which nothing to write home about, that's for sure. And uh, yeah, I mean, that would put us pretty firmly in bottom third of the Pac 12. And things could be worse because we could lose against those four really good teams who are just getting better and better and then drop a few of those other ones because we, you know we've what? done that a couple of times. When I was a kid, yeah, like real little, like I guess six maybe, mm-hmm. whatever age, it's when they get you to start reading, you know, you're learning how to read. For me, it was 16, but continue. I was demoted do the slow reader circle. Oh, no. Like, pretty quick after they thought I should be in the good reader circle. <laughs> kind of where the ducks are right now. I feel that <sighs> pain. That shit sucks, man. The only thing is, this is, this is like, I'm hanging my hat on the fact that this is a young team. This is a very talentful team and next year we could be it could be a thing of just take your lumps this season you're you're still only typically losing to really really good teams so it's like take your lumps this season next year we're gonna dominate the pack yeah that could absolutely happen um the seniors right now Taya Hansen, I forget if she actually has an extra year of eligibility. She's she's been a she was a great transfer. I love watching her play. Elise Hurst, this is her fifth year, so I imagine this'll be it for her. India India Rogers, I think she has another year of eligibility, but she is a senior. I would I would really love for her to come back. Taylor Hosendove will most likely be off the team. Luckily, Pow Pow's a junior. Uh yeah, I, I'm a bit, I'm a bit afraid. I don't want any of those underclassmen leaving. That is a huge thing for me. Aaron, I don't know. Uh, let's wrap this bad boy up. What do you, what are your thoughts on this? Any, any words of wisdom in case these? I mean, these we just gotta. We just gotta remember everybody goes through some shit. Everybody hurts, and sometimes when you're in close quarters. When someone is going through a lot of shit, like all mm-hmm. the time, mm-hmm. that can rub off on you. Shit. So maybe we should all just remember that when we're talking about other people. <laughs> mm. If that makes sense. So easy. true. So true. So wise. You never man. know what's going on in the background. So I hope everybody's doing okay. But it sounds like we've got a lot of problems, Adam. Absolutely. To summarize Aaron's kind and beautiful words there. Shit. All right. We'll see you all next week. Yeah. Uh, Be sure to go to at Quack12Podcast on Twitter. What's that? I was going to say, I think RuPaul said it best. 
Hmm? If you can't love yourself, how are you going to love somebody else? Oh. We should maybe end every episode with a RuPaul quote. Is that the quote? That's a, it is. If you okay. don't love your if you don't love yourself, then how the hell are you going to love anyone else? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um next week we'll do the snatch game, y'all. Uh Aquac 12 podcast on the Twitter. Please, if you like if you like the podcast for a measly five dollars a month, you can get so much great Quack Twelve content. Hours, hundreds of hours, eh, maybe a hundred hours, maybe a hundred hours. Um, over on the Quack Twelve podcast, it's really easy to sign up for, and it helps us out so much to keep this podcast free and rolling all year round. We'll see you next week, hopefully for two duck sweeps. I'm calling it right now. Ducks are swooping both games. I probably juiced the fuck out of us, but go Ducks. See y'all next week. Quack, quack.